Welcome to the Freaky <laughs> Film Club number three. I'm Sam Fisher. Alongside me is my good friend Ryan. How you doing, buddy? Good, Sam. Uh, I didn't know I was your your good buddy, but uh, hey, oh, I yeah. like uh, stealth guys. You don't remember all those missions that we went on together back in the day? No, my memory must have been wiped. Uh, well, you know, they were pretty fucking hardcore back then, so yeah. it doesn't surprise me. But it's yeah. good to see you. <laughs> yeah, you too, whoever you are. <laughs> Today we're taking a look at um, a cult classic. Uh, Is it? came one yeah it did uh it took a while (laughs) but yeah it it, it became one you could look you could look that up on the wikipedia i blossomed in the last couple years oh yeah after 30 years (laughs) well tom atkins kind of blew up from this film a little bit in like fan like the convention community the giant headed guy Mm -hmm. the lead role yep yep Oh, the, okay. the uh, lovable douchebag, I guess you could oh, call him. Oh, <laughs> why? Why is he a douchebag? Yeah, is he bad? Well, I mean, let's, I don't want to get spoiled too much here, but he kind of sleeps around. Oh, well, he's a single man. Oh, uh, that's true. It is his ex-wife. But I mean... I did think that, the same thing, though. I, I mean, mean it's, it's a film, and... There's always like these hard lines drawn for the characters. So <laughs> he's a sleazy guy. A little sleazy. Yeah. I'm not, he's not thinking like, too much about it. He's not horrible, but there's some questionable things. Um, I mean, well, and we'll get into some things as, the, as we go. He's along. not like your typical admirable character that is like protecting, you know, like protecting his kids or his wife or his girlfriend or. Mm-hmm. Or saving some chick he found along the way without fucking them, kind of like in Rambo when he finds the Asian chick uh-huh. and works with her because she's also in like special force or some shit mm-hmm. out in Vietnam. But I don't think he bangs her, you know, like that. Right. Right. <laughs> sure. <That's... laughs> yeah, he's 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 kind of James, like a you know little James Bond. James Bond. <laughs> yeah, he has to. He has yeah. to fuck something. I, I did get that vibe a little bit, but um, yeah, in the looks department, he's definitely not very Bondish, which yeah. is why it's so like kind of crazy that he's he's pulling this off. It's off-putting. I, I mean, yeah, he just kind of looks like your average like dad. <laughs> he, uh, I wanted to talk about how he looks because that really uh, <laughs> bothered me during the film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He has like this big Hollywood head guy who's like sort of past his prime and gives me this impression like he used to be like a hunky mayonnaise guy back in the day. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but then you see his body and like him running and walking and he has like these spindly little pet uh, pencil legs with no ass. <laughs> they figure a guy like that's going to have an ass in Hollywood. Um, he doesn't. And then like his... His uh, torso was just like maybe a little bit uh, a size up from those spindly pencil legs. 
Uh, and then you just put this giant head yeah. on the shoulders. And that's the sky. Like, what the hell? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I too studied his ass throughout the film. And I wondered to myself yeah. why a doctor who's on his feet all day long doesn't have a better ass. Yeah. Where's <laughs> and, those glutes, man? <laughs> and the head. Yeah, you're damn right. It's it's huge. It's like a it's a pumpkin head. I mean, they're definitely it fits along with the whole Halloween vibe here. <laughs> yeah. You know, they say the camera adds 10 pounds. Well, I think uh, it all went into his noggin. <laughs> Poor Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. We're just poor, sounds, carrying this know, poor guy apart. Makes me think of steak, burgers, you know, the Atkins diet or whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. So he's yeah. got that going for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, with all that said about his physical appearance, I will say he, he gave some pretty good acting uh, performances throughout this film. And um, I don't know if you agree with me. Maybe it you was think- watchable. <laughs> it I wasn't know, like he- so bad that I, I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Unlike uh, the off topic of PCR mentioned in like episode 17 about like uh, the furry people dating. Oh, yes, Where they dress them up, you know? Yeah, I was looking at that and sexy like, beasts. A, yeah, a couple yeah. minutes of just the concept in my brain made me go like, oh, I can't, I can't think about this anymore. So the movie, this movie and his acting was not like that. It was, it was bearable. It was bearable. Yeah, it was yeah. bearable. A little, little hammy at certain <laughs> points, but he carried the film. <laughs> <laughs> hammy, that's perfect. He's it a is a little guy. hammy, but there's some yeah. parts. There's some parts I'm going to point out later that I really think that he was he was giving it a lot of heart. So look okay. forward to that later on as we critique this this thing. I look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we? We should just dive right in. That's enough okay. about Tom Atkins. He'll he'll yeah. get his his. Uh, accolades continued as we move on um so the film uh 1982 directed by tommy lee wallace written also by tommy lee wallace uh the score uh was done by john carpenter we all know john carpenter and Mm -hmm. also alan how howworth i think his last name is um so john carpenter just wrote the score he wrote the score and him and Deborah Hill produced it. And that produced was about it. all they had okay. really involved in this film. So he helped make it. Yeah, he helped make it. But it wasn't yeah. like, I don't know how creatively he was involved. Uh, okay. But, but I'm not sure. Just got, yeah. some, just got some things together. Yeah, yeah. But I will say the fucking, the score is kick ass. Oh, yeah. Actually, I do like the awesome. music. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> commercially you hear over and over again. Nom, 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 yeah. Nom, nom. yeah, like, uh, but the actual other music too. I actually noticed in the beginning. I'm like, I like the score. I like the music. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, originally, what was the the plan from the from the get go was was Tommy Lee Wallace and and uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, whoever else was involved. They had plans to make sort of an anthology involving halloween night and halloween day um and there was just going to be all sorts of different plot lines different characters uh whatever involving halloween but when was this concept um was it hatched up before halloween one with michael myers or was this after halloween two i think it was after like it was during the production time of this film but oh because this was going to kick it off during filming. They thought about that. 
Oh, I don't know if it was like during filming or during development. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That would make more sense because of what they did. Yeah. Like they're going to go yeah. a different direction. That makes sense why the film. And that's what I always assumed. Yeah. Right. That no was Michael. So exactly. Right. So they were going to try to take it in a new direction, but obviously the fans didn't want that. And I don't think it performed quite how they wanted at the box office either. So, yeah. And you know, a lot of people think it's because Michael Myers wasn't in it. That's actually not the case. It's because Dr. Loomis wasn't mm. in it. That's the guy who made all of these films. Yes, yeah, sir. He's the fucking glue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. just the, the famous line, Michael, <laughs> Michael. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's the famous line. I did feel like something was missing. You know what? You're right. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah. Every time he says Michael's name, it just hits the pit of my soul. He just delivers that line so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is. <laughs> just raw talent. Um, so anyways, they didn't get a chance to uh, to continue forward, forward with the anthology. And we would get another Halloween movie. I think six years later, uh, Halloween 4 would come out. Six years? Yeah, yeah, it would take six years. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, right? I mean, you would think that, like, once they figured out it wasn't going to work, they'd be like, oh, fuck, all right, back to Michael, really, as fast as we can. Well, that's really telling because that would almost indicate that this third film nearly killed the franchise. Yeah. Because that's a long hiatus. Clearly, nobody was thinking about another film. No, they might have already had, had been, maybe they were in pre-production of a second anthology already, and they were yeah, just like, probably. "Oh, oh, <laughs> that'd be pack, good research." It up. Yeah, we should have uh, dove in a little bit more on that, but uh, we could do that another Halloween. time. Or PCR could pick that up. I mean, yeah, we're getting close absolutely. to Halloween pop culture. Absolutely, you said it's becoming a cult classic. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, back <laughs> we'll we'll do we'll dive in deeper on the uh, origins of this film on PCR. Yeah, make Nicholas look into it. He yeah. loves looking into things he doesn't really care about or understand why he's looking into it. But I yeah. enjoy his reactions to those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm looking this up, but uh, here's what I found. <laughs> he's a good sport. He is. He is provides great analysis. Right. Gives good data. Justin too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I look forward to uh, Justin's sports show in the upcoming future. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. fantasy football season. Yeah, yeah. We need we'll get, to get uh, his pre-draft preview. Actually, since we're in October, I believe it might already be out. So go ahead and listen to that one. Oh, just cut that part <laughs> out. Yeah, fuck it. Okay. Yeah, we take so, our time machine too many places. Yeah, we're all our brains are scrambled. They, they are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's dive into the film. Yeah, um, yes. yeah. Yeah. Speaking right. of that. The plot. Yeah. So oh, the plot. What's what's, what's what what is this 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 new direction of the franchise kicking off with here? Well, I'll tell you, Ryan. It's it's pretty interesting. Um <laughs> it, the film, first of all, we learned that the film takes place in Northern California and it's uh Saturday the twenty-third of October. Um they do a really cool thing with the time in this film where they, they count down or count up i guess to halloween uh you slowly progress through the calendar as the film goes along and i i think it's kind of clever how they do it do they do you see every day you see every day yeah yeah (laughs) i saw some of them i didn't realize it was every single day Um, i don't know if they put like a subtitle in for every day but but um you can see the transition from each day 
uh sun so, up and sundown and mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty cool because i think there's like a point where he's in the motel or like maybe the factory and it kind of goes from night to day mm-hmm. and i don't i don't know if they actually put like the title in for that one but uh but it does show you pretty much every day sequentially so i think that's pretty cool how they did that yeah considering most films just expect the audience to uh not really worry about that aspect and things just sort of meld together yeah you know yeah. like it's, a few days become like just a half hour in the film and yeah yeah it's, it's really, really it's not important to the plot they just keep going uh-huh yeah they just yeah. leave it up to you to really decide what the time frame was and right out. yeah so yeah i think that's kind of a unique thing they did um and we open up with uh, well, first of all, fucking kick-ass score. I mean, I'm going to yep. keep blowing this every time I get a chance. But <laughs> John Carpenter and his partner knocked it out of the park here. <laughs> he, had a, he had a co-writer for the music? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Alan Howarth, his name was. I'm just going to keep saying John Carpenter probably most Alan of the time. Hel- El- Alan Howarth? Yeah, Alan Howarth. Oh, yeah, he's very famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the synth <laughs> legends. John Carpenter can have all the credit. I'm sure he's got like a pretty full resume if you look it up. I mean, probably. He's, he's probably sitting at home. I mean, I know he's listening, so he's probably sitting at home thinking to himself, like, fuck you guys. Just because I'm not John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, I mean that the beginning of the film is when I noticed the score and I'm like, this is a good score. Yep. Yeah. This yeah. is good music. We're in for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we open to uh, a man who's in peril. He's he's running away from some shady people. And um, I, I mean, I think it would it would be a lot less exciting if the music weren't a part of this so heavily uh, because it's, he's just running away from average looking dudes. So, I mean, it's not like scary. <laughs> yeah. But definitely the way it's shot helps too. I mean, it definitely, it feels like a Halloween movie when it, uh, upon the opening at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of things that this film, um, I mean, I think there was a lot there to work with. And I think like with more production time, more could have been done. But yeah, and that scene, I felt kind of like um, it seemed a little weird to me. Like you're running from a car. Mm-hmm. Go anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I think it would have been probably cooler if they had like a men in black type interaction with these guys in the beginning. You don't see too much, but like he's being followed by some dudes. Mm hmm. Um, and maybe he's already wounded, but otherwise he's sort of running down the road in the middle of like the country, hilly forested country. And he's running in the woods and goes, he basically runs to the slaughter. I mean, yeah, it doesn't right. make it hard. Not at all. Um, but he was scared. Yeah. He was he in thought panic someone mode. would help him. Yeah. 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 And it was dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was dark. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he runs into a, a, a man dressed in a, a suit who is pretty expressionless. And he looks like he's about to meet his demise. Uh, the man tackles him to the ground and attempts to, I guess, rip his face off or something or whatever he's trying to do. Uh, I thought he was choking him. Choking him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, more, that's more sensical. <laughs> um and he gets caught in between two vehicles. 
allowing right. this man to escape uh, to a gas station. Conceptually cool, maybe not executed big budget style, but <laughs> no, <laughs> it looked pretty stupid. Actually, it makes sense later. Oh yeah. But you don't, I didn't get that impression yeah. from it at the time. And I feel right. like you can do that in a way that conveys like something's off here. Yes. And but they, it didn't. They... Yeah. It was just very poorly executed. Yeah. I mean, you think it's a real guy. Yeah. Right. There was just a little bit missing to make you think there's something off there. Like I well, thought it was just a real dude. The only thing that they really added in there was his like his lack of expressions. That kind of made him a little off-putting. Yeah, but scary evil guy. I knew he was a bad guy. Right. No right, question but, there. Yeah, I know what you're saying though. Like they, sh- I, yeah, they should have done more <laughs> to show what he actually was or to um, hint, hint at what he was. And I gotta say it on this line. Um, anyone who's seen it or just watched it and tuning in with us that big, big, gigantic Michael Myers or the shade, uh, depending on how big of a fan you are, uh, vibes with these guys in the suits. Uh, they watch like Michael. They yeah. creep around like Michael. They're, you know, robotic like Michael. Um, so it, it, it almost felt like to me in the beginning of the film that they took a Michael Myers movie and then tried to make it not Michael Myers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. that real strong sense during the film. So they it was like they were trying to fight the formula. They were like, this isn't Michael Myers. Yeah. Dr. Loomis isn't chasing him. There's no Laurie Strode, but then everything else sort of seems like like this this should be a Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's sort of the vibe I got early on. I, I agree with that. But I, I would I would say later it kind of finds its own uh, oh, yeah. footing and yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, early on, it's definitely got that vibe. I agree. (laughs) Um, So the man makes his way to a gas station where uh, the attendant at the gas station is actually watching. Silver Shamrock. Uh, probably the most iconic thing from this movie uh, is Absolutely. the music and, and the commercial. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so they're they're kind of uh, revealing in this ad that uh, there's going to be a giveaway after the after the movie's over at nine o'clock. So stay tuned. Yeah. Um, and they say it's a Halloween special. Is that what the commercial yeah, says? I think so. Yeah, it's like a Halloween special. And, okay. Silver Shamrock is part of the giveaway. So, so yeah. Um, Makers yeah. of the masks. Correct. Right. 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 <laughs> um, right. So then uh, the man uh, pops in the frame and grabs onto the gas station attendant with some cheesy sound effects. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's like he, he screams that they're coming and then it goes like, din, din, din. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that obviously freaks the gas station attendant out. And uh, we cut to the first appearance of our main character, Tom Atkins. Uh, 
All right. Yeah. So we already spent a little time talking about him. So we'll uh, we'll move on. But uh, mm-hmm. he pl- he plays um, Doctor Dan Shellis Shellis. Shellis. Sure. Shellis. And who would have thought that the doctor at the local hospital would play a major role in the film? Yeah. Who saw that coming? It's weird. <laughs> like, yeah. Throughout the movie, it kind of feels like you're watching like a, a part that was written for like a sheriff or something or a cop. He looks like a sheriff. Yeah. Like they, well, I don't know why they didn't choose to just make him go have that role instead. Uh, yeah. It would have made a lot more sense. Like he is sleazy, you know, because honestly, the plot only really makes sense if he's chasing tail. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> well, he's like curious about this guy saying someone's gonna kill everyone, and then a guy comes and kills him at the hospital. Um, and sorry, is that is that a fair oh, enough no, segue? That's that's, that's <laughs> um, for sure, for sure. <laughs> this old dude end up there, and yeah, uh, you yeah. see Tom Atkins as the doctor out there, and um, and, and he's freaked out and stuff. But like this, you know, young beautiful woman being the. Uh, deceased elderly gentleman's daughter you know wants to find him and the doctor should probably really be working he's a doctor i mean they're busy um but he just decides to help her which seemed like on its own merit just not believable enough to me it was like he likes her he wants to hook up with her he's enamored by her yeah like so he's gonna do this i mean that's really the only thing that makes the most sense to me do you think it was actually he was well, I mean, I guess he well, was, he did say, oh, like, what's going on? And he's freaking out. So fine. He's, he's really into it. But <laughs> I mean, I would like to believe it's a little bit of both. I think <laughs> he was like genuinely curious about what he had seen. And he was probably a little haunted by it, but it was a hot piece of tail and he wanted to fuck her yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, he, he brought a six pack of beer along he did <laughs> and he blew off his kids yeah again like multiple times to do yeah. this yeah he was like he was totally trying to get laid <laughs> he was <laughs> so maybe he already had a day off or something and it just worked out but i do think there was i mean he was there was some concern it was like I said, I think 50, 50, maybe, maybe 60, 40. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it would have made more sense if he was a sheriff by trade. Yeah. Yeah. Then you would a doctor understand. and wanting to get his hands dirty like that. It's makes weird. Him like some kind of weird quirky detective of sorts, but he doesn't have that background. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, for sure. Yeah. 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 And I don't want things to be sort of like, like have to be this have to be that but it's just like when you're when you're trying to get sucked into a story those little things just help to scoot mm-hmm. things along and then you can get past it but <laughs> right <laughs> he brought a six-pack he brought a six I thought the pack. same thing like he's got a six-pack on the telephone like he was he was high he thought he was getting laid he couldn't hang up with his ex-wife fast enough <laughs> no i'm surprised he kept calling her but yeah. it was probably a big thing with uh um, you know, child support in right, terms right. of their their divorce uh, right. custody. So, right, um, <laughs> it's just like I have to just get her off my back. So let me just yeah, do this yeah. real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's just like I said, he's a lovable douchebag. But I mean, 
he I, he's still got some moments, but we'll get there. Um, yeah. So like you said, he, we cut to the hospital where he's working. Um, they're bringing in the, this this gentleman in from earlier uh, who was brought in by the gas station attendant uh, who's like freaking out because he's like, I didn't have nothing to do with this man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy he left. As soon as he turned around and started walking away, I'm like, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Get the fuck Get out, out of here. <laughs> and I was like, I really hope they don't kill that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he did the right thing by walking away. He just like looks left and right and walks out. And I'm like, that's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, I'd be out of there after his Good little ner- nervous rant about like helping people. He's like, he <laughs> couldn't get help I, I don't know what to do, man. Uh. But but then he also says he's like, as long as like I don't get in trouble, yeah, like yeah. nothing's gonna happen to me, right? That was like a very realistic reaction. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a man sees the commercial. Well, he hears the commercial because it's playing in the background on one of the, the hospital TVs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of triggers something inside of him. Uh, he wakes up and starts freaking out. Um, and that's when the man uses his... Takes that time to escape. Oh, yeah, the old man when he's on the stretcher in the yeah, hallway yeah. before they put him in the hospital room. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. And then the man comes... And takes him out. What did you think of the kill scene? Uh, <laughs> it it was the aftermath looked really cool, <laughs> but the whole like getting it squished, like when the bridge of his nose comes up a little bit, it looked a little cheesy. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm no doctor, even though I played one on TV. But I think that if you did that to somebody, there'd be a little bit more gore. You know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, they're working within a budget here. So they have a squeezed nose, but yeah. died. <laughs> they had okay. to save all the money for that demonstration room. He, he died. So I think we all got the we point. We got the point. Yeah. He was died. he frail and exhausted? Is yeah. that why he couldn't fight? Because he wasn't strapped down, right? He was just kind of. He was just frail I and can't exhausted. Move much. <laughs> he was scared. Okay. He was in shock. He was in shock. Because these, these he... men in suits are. <laughs> they're scary. Strong. And they're, they're, and they're strong. strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was dehydrated. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he was those, running all night. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's a Cut lot the of break. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody's Superman. Not everybody's a man in a suit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he did his best or I guess nothing at all, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, so. Then we cut to, oh, well, actually, before we cut to the next day, the killer escapes the hospital and blows himself up in his car. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That sounds really dramatic. I mean, really, he just walked out um, real <laughs> nice and straight legged, you know, and got in the car. Yeah. And then now I will say that intrigued me. Uh-huh. He doused himself in gasoline and lights himself up inside the car and blows up. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? Ritualistic sacrifice? Yeah. They had me hooked in that moment. I thought it was an interesting sequence and, and turn of events. Um, I wasn't sure if that was enough <laughs> to blow a car up. but <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. I thought but... the same thing. I like that they blew the doors off and everything. Yeah. But uh, hey, brevity, brevity, right? Uh we don't yeah. want to dwell on this. We don't <laughs> want to spend an extra couple seconds to watch the progression of the explosion. Right. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Yep. He actually yep. already poured a whole uh, gas tank on the floor of the car. 
and kind of gutted <laughs> out the interior to you know so that it would reach the engine oh quicker. okay yeah yeah it's the man in the suit they're strong yeah uh, i mean they only have an hour and 37 minutes to tell you the story so yeah they exactly. just, they're not going to show you him doing which, the whole gasoline thing which is about nine minutes more than i would expect from a film like this ah yes for a halloween <laughs> you know season film yeah uh, hour and 29 was more appropriate. I think that would have been really much more fitting. <laughs> hour 38 is like, woo, wow. Oh, yeah. Getting into a, uh, Michael yeah. Bay territory here. Yeah. This is, <laughs> it's, it's getting serious. <laughs> um, but yeah. So after that happens, uh, we cut to the next day, which is Sunday, the 24th. Uh, this is just a quick sequence. Uh, we're introduced to Ellie, who comes in to ID her father. Mm, with Tom Atkins hanging out in the room for some reason, just chilling. Yeah, very involved doctor who's apparently not busy at all. No. Um, th- to be fair, that hospital was not busy. No. Uh, um, the man in the suit that came in to kill the old man didn't have much to avoid. No. Emily like, Litton there, he just walked in. There's one nurse, there's one doctor. It kind of worked out pretty perfectly. Um, yeah. I mean, there should maybe just be more security in small town hospitals. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. So uh, Meritor and McQuanago or whatever the carrier is there, you know, think mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Men in suits could just walk in <laughs> and yeah. crush people's skulls. So and then you'd be absolutely fucked. Maybe an extra nurse. At least, yeah, just and someone patrolling the hallways a little maybe bit. Maybe a front yeah. desk. Yeah, couldn't hurt. <laughs> Come on, Northern <laughs> California, 1982. Come on. Get it together. Jeez. <laughs> Who's the real villain here? Lack of security. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, lesson learned for that establishment. <laughs> um, and this fucking guy, he definitely could have been at home hanging out with his kids <laughs> over the past, like, 20 hours or so or 10 hours, whatever it has been since the man has been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, he's not he's hanging out in the room like we said and um this day goes quickly which it's just an introduction to ellie and then we already cut to uh a couple days later uh friday the 29th uh we see tom atkins in the bar hanging out and uh the halloween trailer's playing <laughs> <laughs> Followed by the big giveaway at nine. Brought to you by. Sure enough, <laughs> they can't get away from that. It's almost like they weren't totally confident in this new film. <laughs> they had to sneak little tidbits in there over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Something they already did. Yeah, I'll give their little nod again and acknowledge that it's not part of the universe. Also, I got to say that uh, it didn't really take much to flip me from saying. Oh, is the guy sleazy? But it didn't take much to flip me that yeah, he's he's a, he's kind of a sketchy guy. Right, right. Not so your yeah, most he's, heroic man. Right. He's spending time alone now. He definitely could be home at this point, and he's sitting with in his the bar. Kids. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly enamored with this woman because, yeah. as you mentioned, the bar scene. She comes in, and right, it right. Doesn't take much to get him to you know. Did my to, yeah, go along for the adventure. Go along with the adventure and try to find out what happened to her yeah. dead grandpappy. Was it her dad or her grandpa? Uh, it was her dad, I think. Her father, okay. Right, but okay. she kept calling him 
pa or papa or something. Yeah, yeah. had to be her grandpa because she's young. She's um, young, but was that guy that old? I mean, I thought he was elderly, but maybe not. Um, yeah. And Ellie, played by Stacy Nelkin, by the way. Um, yeah, you know, not not a a beautiful person. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How old was she in this film? Do you know? Uh, he was 23 about 22 oh, wow. 23 years old yeah how old was she was young. tom atkins <laughs> oh well <laughs> he looks like he looks like the kind of guy i would see in like a honky-tonk bar honestly yeah uh, he really fit in that scene that's he, he should play extras in every single film. <laughs> I've seen Honky a lot of faces Tars. like that around here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. His elderly face could go in a Halloween movie right now. You should Google it. <laughs> oh. Uh, 1935 he was born. Holy so shit. <laughs> he was 47. Oh my when god. When this film came out. That's a pretty significant difference there in age. <laughs> He's been married since 1986. Good for him. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Way to there go, Tom. Go. <laughs> Maybe you're not a scumbag in real life, but you yeah. sure were in this movie. Either It's either become a mega star in Hollywood or be like a B film actor and be still married. Right. Without several divorces. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, to take take, take it or leave it. Exactly. Yeah, right. Um yeah, so they uh they talk each other into going on the adventure. Tom, I don't know. I gotta stop calling him Tom Atkins. Tom, what's his name in the <laughs> Do- film? Dr. Chalice. Chalice. Do they call him by his first name? Uh not usually. They usually call him <laughs> Chalice or Doctor or the co-star Ellie. I don't think she even calls him anything, does she? Not usually. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Not to refer to someone by name. Yeah. It's I... like they're in a prison camp and they had their memories wiped or something. <laughs> you know the yeah. movie um, Just like the you. Do they have names? Me. Uh I don't remember that film at all. Oh, have you seen it? I don't know if I ever have actually. It doesn't. Oh, okay. What's it about? Uh, it's like a. It might have been made by Michael Bay actually. It's oh, you know yeah. one of those Michael Bay actiony movies, but it's got um, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and Scarlett Johansson <laughs> co-star in it. Okay, I don't think I've um, seen it. <laughs> and it's got a great soundtrack. I actually used to listen to it during work <laughs> when I worked in fast-paced, more fast-paced environment, but um. Mm. Uh, uh yeah it's worth a watch okay it's a fun movie i'll check it out yeah excuse me <laughs> i'll check it out science fiction you know like uh suspense right on scarlett johansson's good looking mm, well that helps yeah uh what's obi-wan kenobi guys actor mm, name it's like tanner matthias <laughs> connor uh, something i don't know jeez uh, i don't remember I mean, okay. Ewan, Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Good okay. on you. Okay. You get a point. Now we can move forward. Okay. Back to <laughs> the right. movie, damn it. So, Dr. Nellie go to um, her dad's or her grandpa's general store, which <laughs> has got some fucking awesome vibes to it. I'm really digging the uh, 
what they did with it as far as the aesthetics go um they've got the mask display mm-hmm. and um it just feels very like small towny uh just really quaint and cool yeah so, uh then after they uh find out some information from the logbook about his whereabouts or his last known whereabouts uh they they go outside to, to try to head into uh, Santa Mira because mm-hmm. that's that's where the factory is. And yep. that's the last known place where he was picking up uh, his order for the, for the shop. Yeah, all these masks that they sell right, to the right. different like vendors, Halloween shop vendors, whatever. Right. So General store, et cetera. So they, uh, they load up a car to head over there and just before doing so, uh, he... Tom calls his wife, his ex-wife at home. And what is his first name? It's Dan. Dan. Okay. Dan calls his wife uh, at home and yeah, lets her know that he's going to be missing some more time because he's got to go to a very important doctor's conference. (laughs) Yeah. He really is a deadbeat in this, uh, this week span here. Yeah, very, he misses very... out on trick-or-treating. He was supposed to take his kids oh, trick-or-treating. Yeah, yeah. But no, he's trying to get some ass. Come on, Tom. <laughs> very hard to like him in these moments. Does he really have any business trying to solve this mystery? No. Not at all. He he's trying to... to solve the mystery of this girl's... <laughs> What's underneath her Yeah. pants. <laughs> right. He's trying yeah. to get into her pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the only mystery. Well, yeah, so they take off and we get another awesome piece of of music, um, the drive to Santa Mira, which is like it takes you right into the Halloween frame of mind. It's like this really like cool organ piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of low organ type music in the film. Yeah. Which I think worked yeah. well. It, it seems like that was the, the era, you know, back then. Right, um, right. And I liked it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get to, uh, they, they come up with a plan to go stay overnight at a motel um, to make it seem like they're just like in town as like buyers. Um, right. So they get to the hotel where they can talk in private and um, they, they get shown their room by a, a quirky gentleman at the front desk. <laughs> mm-hmm. With an Irish accent, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and an Irish town, Irish company, right, right. Which yeah. I thought was interesting. I'm like, oh, so they're gonna make Irish people evil in this mm-hmm. film. Was yeah, is what I was choice. thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was. I'm surprised that no one had any issues with that. <laughs> the I Irish forgot about it after a little while because it's it sort of came up as being like entrenched in this lore but then yeah. it quickly dissipated like yeah. after the guy at the hotel like had the accent then after that it was just like it didn't matter anymore mm-hmm. yeah so let's see they so they meet... go to the hotel yeah and they go uh, ahead you got it well they meet a cast of characters real quick ah. yeah there's mm. like a family that drops by in an RV, yeah. Uh, Buddy and his family. <laughs> I don't remember all their names, but uh, it's a, a father, a, a wife, and uh, and a son. 
Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a, one of the best salespeople from out of town. Yep. Yep. Their biggest uh, salesman for the masks for the company. And, uh, and then there's this other chick, another buyer. Yeah. Someone named Marge. Yeah. Marge. And, uh, so they just kind of threw all these people in there. It seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make it a little busier. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which it almost um, makes me wonder if they were self-conscious about not hiring enough extras frankly they're like yeah get some get some characters in (laughs) halloween had a lot more people in it damn it (laughs) hurry uh yeah so tom goes into his uh motel room and he's like it's a zoo out there and it's like is it really i mean a couple extra families show up and suddenly it's a zoo i mean Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of an exaggeration there. yeah (laughs) yeah i mean they were annoying people they were annoying yeah um so where are we um basically they get right into the sex yeah uh, <laughs> just confirming what everybody what we were talking about and what everybody watching the movie was probably thinking right right so um yeah. and everyone has their different preferences but this guy to me was gross yeah well, she like, could have done way better <laughs> she could have done way better and uh, you know i guess just you know um the flesh wants what it wants. Right. Yeah. And sometimes she was... proximity is a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> she was vulnerable too. She she'd been through a lot. So yeah. He fell into the big strong arms of a Tom Atkins. And, and he had been shocked. And so they sort of had this connection <laughs> of you know, they're damaged. Yeah. In this experience together. Right, right. They're healing through their pain together. So they get to bang in the hotel out in Santa Mira, Ma, Mira or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Which, which we'll need to come back to later. So don't forget that point. Right. Right. Cause I want your take on that later. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I don't know if you know where I'm going with that. I think but... I might. I might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so yeah. After the sex, uh, uh dan comes back from the liquor store uh with a he's just got a bottle in in a bag and he runs into a crazy homeless guy who's looking for a drink and um we get to learn a little more information about cochran who is like a mysterious figure that we've been seeing uh every once in a while throughout town and uh we come to learn that he moved into town and he started the company and he brought in all this outside help and the the dude explaining this was pissed because it kind of left him on the street because he was actually a local mm-hmm. but everybody else is out yeah yep and yeah. cochran's the owner of the company right all that so, good stuff yeah yeah good for so, the plot <laughs> yeah very necessary stuff here um <laughs> i wondered why they oh and then they and then he gets killed by the men several men in suits right, right. and i thought why kill him now um after right. he had existed and been there and he's a local and he's just wandering drunk with all the surveillance you would think that well maybe this is this was the first time that he ever revealed that much information to anybody oh because there had never been any outsiders okay what did he know though other than cochran and i mean he, he did came mention in and that... hired outside hires yeah i guess um... <laughs> i guess that's kind you don't of want people, sketchy. You don't want arousing suspicion, <laughs> so fair enough, fair enough. And he he maybe said um, 
he tempted fate the la- like one last time by saying fuck you to the cameras and the listening devices. Gotcha. Because I mean, I'm sure he's probably said that stuff in the past, but maybe like this was the straw that broke the camel's back or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, all right, that's enough. We don't want to hear you say fuck you anymore. <laughs> yeah. I but I don't know. It was, yeah, it's really It too felt bad. a bit forced. A little but... bit. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the effects for his death scene? I mean, we don't really see much, do we? Um, His face kind of opens up a little bit, doesn't it? It was pretty, I mean, if I'm being honest, it was pretty cheesy. Like, <laughs> they pull his head up, and we don't even get any cracking or neck breaking or no. bone cracking, busting. Like, there could have been, <laughs> there was none of that. It was just pulling on his head. Right. And then it just sort of goes like. <laughs> yeah. There was no yeah. cracking, actually. It was just like kind of like a pooly sound. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and you see like they couldn't even make makeup for the neck apart. It was like just a flap for like what a regular mask would look like coming up off the torso. Yep. So decapitated whatever just they they just defor- foregone the extra effort there to make it a little more gory, that's all. A lot of foreplay, no climax. You could have been a lot more effective just by watching the the torso fall over with the head and the hands and yeah blood pulling out. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because otherwise, you yeah. risk you you cannot let people see that cheesyness. <laughs> you cannot. But yeah. Anyway. But it was a simpler time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like other movies at the time execute things <laughs> better. Um, like I said, honestly, this whole film uh, actually has some like some good ideas and the yeah. concept is workable. Yeah. It actually felt like a rough draft that needed that was filmed. It's too bad that they needed did another treatment. Yeah, yeah. More editing, more filming. I, I could I could agree with that. But they sure. had to fit a timeline, maybe. Yeah. It could have it seemed like they could have used a little help from Savini. Yeah, oh, maybe. actually, yeah. Savini is really brilliant. Yeah, he could have helped convey some of the things maybe they were trying to execute. Absolutely. I actually 100% believe that. Yeah. Well, yeah. back to the drawing board, guys. We have a time <laughs> machine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Anyway. Um, yeah, so so he dies. Um, and um, so he goes back. And I think they actually have sex when he goes back. I think right. they just kissed earlier, actually. Right. I thought they banged, but I think he goes out, gets the liquor, runs into the guy, comes back, and then she actually is in, like, a robe and sort right. of, like, spreads her robe to him and then starts yes. kissing her. And Yeah. Yeah. Because then another, the important, another important part comes up. Right. So... Uh, in the midst of this, we're introduced, well, not introduced, because actually Marge introduces herself to Ellie while Todd is up getting drinks or something. And during the the time that they're having sex, Marge is in her hotel room and she discovers um, a tiny microchip inside of one of the little trademark signs on the, the mask. Because hers had fallen off earlier, and so yeah. it, it was on the floor, and it, it kind of cracked open a little bit. And she looked inside, and she's like, "Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, there's like a little chip in here." 
And so she starts playing around with it a little bit. Um, and before she meets her demise, uh, we actually cut back to uh, the two of them in the hotel room, just having finished round one. And um, she, Ellie wants to go again. And he's like, yeah, Dan's like, Oh, I shit, thought that was man. badass. Actually. I'm like, you tired old fuck. But like her, I was like, Woo. Oh, that was hot. Yeah. Look at you go. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. He was like a little reluctant, but you know what? He I'll give it to him. He really he he shook it off and he went right for it after after asking her age, but he already fucked her, so did it really matter? <laughs> yeah. Just add that to the sleaze score column. Yeah, because like um, really, if she had been like, I'm only 17, what would he have done then? Stopped? I don't think so. <laughs> I he did think already he, bang her. Yeah, uh, so I think he would have just been like, oh, geez, and then just kept going. <laughs> I hope we're wrong and he asked her first, but I mean, he didn't. I, I'm sure, I'm pretty after. sure you're right. He asked her after they banged. I know for a fact he did because I wrote, hey. I made sure to write it down. I was like, that's so fucking weird. Why would he, why, why bother anyways? <laughs> it actually made me think back to like the 80s and it was like, you know, like you just ask people that look young and you're yeah. like, it's just no big deal. <laughs> are you, are you the right age? And obviously now like you need to have like written proof, which you're not going to get from people. So you just basically have to run away <laughs> unless you want to take the risk. Right. <laughs> and I guess back then was similar. It's a little more Anywho, complicated, but yeah, it was sleazy. It was sleazy. Um, <laughs> How old are you after yeah. you've already done it? You can't do you can't do someone too young twice. Right. All right. Where he's from. <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> That's you, the rub. You get one strike and then you have to. <laughs> you don't want to get two. Out. No. Because if you get three strikes, your ass is grass. Right. So he didn't want to waste the second strike on the same woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. When does it reset? Is it every morning or something? Probably. It seems anyway. like, anyways, yeah, okay. So <laughs> uh, we cut back to Marge, and uh, she's still screwing around with this chip, and uh, a little blue ray of light comes out of it and melts her face or something. Yeah, like blasts it, melts it. Um, <laughs> and I know you love blue rays coming out of things because of Hellraiser. How did right. you feel about this blue ray? Yeah, I would definitely Player. put it on that level. I mean, you know, we see already the practical effects aren't that great to begin with, and then you add in this shit. It's just kind of like... Which was probably expensive. Oh, yeah, I imagine for the it probably time. was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Worth it! <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have spent so much money on blowing that car up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely put a little bit into that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the makeup on Marge, though. What they did, I actually liked it. Um, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, good the makeup, bug. practical effect. Yep. The bug coming out of her mouth was cool. Tell me what you thought about that. I mean, it was. I think at the time. At the time, I was like, "Why? Like, what the fuck are we looking at here? Like, what's the point?" But and then after made, seeing the whole thing, it made sense. Does it? Well, 
<laughs> it made more sense, but at the end of the day, it doesn't. The whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll get into that as we get closer. Um, so after Marge dies, they kind of like ignore the noise right away because they're just like, "Fuck it," they want to keep banging, yeah. and um, we Ooh, cut to well, yeah. Sure. I mean, definitely. <laughs> um, and later that evening, I guess, I guess it's like a few hours later, Silver Shamrock just comes and picks her up. <laughs> All the men in suits. Yeah. I was trying to decide if it was like they have their own hospital or medical staff. Nope. They did wear white coats, though, I think, though. Maybe. Uh, yeah. It looked like yeah. they were wearing medical like white coats. Yeah. So right. at least they tried a little bit. <laughs> but it turned out that they were all just oh, men in suits oh, yeah. with white coats. They were part of the staff from the lab over there. <laughs> How did you feel about that whole scene? Because um, speaking of forced mm-hmm. <laughs> plot development, uh, what did you think? Um, where where uh, Cochran comes out to like explain everything away? Yeah, do they really have three buyers in the whole freaking town that they have to come and explain this to Ellie and Dan. Um, I mean, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, what the hell <laughs> for how popular they, they make this place seem like how widespread their merchandise is. You would think that there would be a lot more people. And that they, they were like VIPs. They had to like Cochran had to come out. Yeah. It was a forced introduction. Oh, I, I, I agree with yeah. that. I mean, yeah. But I don't know how else they really could have done it. I guess you gotta you gotta do a lot more repair, I think, than uh, just that one part. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I love the bitch in ambulance, which oh, I know yeah. wasn't an ambulance. But they just they just shove uh, Marge's body into a like a white van without yeah. it's not even tinted windows, right? <laughs> and then the Cochrane guy's like, we'll take good care of her. Right. And they just drive off. I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, that's <laughs> definitely not sketchy, but no. Um, but I think they, they totally hit the vibe there, though. Mm-hmm. Like the main actors are just like, yeah, this is definitely weird. Right. Right. Like something's up here. I think we should be worried. <laughs> yeah. I would have left. Yeah, it would have been a uh, great opportunity, but uh, they, they, however, did not. They decide to go to the factory. Who cares how your grandpa died? Uh, I, yeah, like, I mean, at this point, I think you can just kind of like draw your own conclusions. Like, probably something to do with that weird fuck that just uh, talked to us. <laughs> let's just assume it was him. Yeah. And then let's go back on with our lives and just, I'll continue yeah. to ignore my family and maybe we can bang every once in a while. <laughs> It's not worth dying yourself unless you don't care if you die. Yeah. So maybe she was trying to find purpose and meaning and big hole in her heart. Big hole mm-hmm. in her heart. Yeah. Yeah. For pappy, dad, grandpa, slash. <laughs> Whatever. Great uncle. Yeah. Steve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I guess that's the only explanation. Um, so they decide to go check out the factory. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's one little piece of information before we get there is that uh, they, they huddle and then not very so quietly say uh, there was a misfire. Oh, right. From yeah. the beam shooting out of the chip. But they don't know that. But they hear a misfire. And then right. Ellie and Dan go in the hotel room. And Dan's like, they talked about a misfire. 
That's right. And I'm yeah. sitting there and thinking, going, oh, oh, misfire. You know, that makes, you know, very narrow list of conclusions you could draw on <laughs> that bit of information. So, oh, like you're saying, like, what, how could he make sense of that? Like, what does that mean to him? Yeah. 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 I know. Like, well, how many people expect microchips to shoot someone's mouth off? I mean, well, yeah, like what is exactly what is even that? if you knew what happened? <laughs> yeah, like a misfire. Oh, I get it. Now. Going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, for sure. No, you gotta like, let the plot develop. Come yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so, anyways, yeah, after learning that information, <laughs> um, they go to the factory and uh, they take part in one of the tours, I guess. Right? Like Cochran gives them a tour. Yep. Um, their buddy is there as well. <laughs> yeah, the lead salesman guy was there with his uh, wife and kid. And they were leaving. They found out that her her dad or grandpa or whatever was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're leaving. And then yeah. the annoying guy with his RV family come in. Right. Yeah. And they're getting the tour and then rope them with. Yes. That's how and they I get thought, to it. This yeah. is how they're going to die. Right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and girls like I'm all over this. I don't know if Dan really wanted to. No, he didn't seem too into it, but, uh, but he didn't uh, seem too into that aspect, but he did still seem into her enough that he wasn't going to say no. Yeah. 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 yeah so, they they go on the tour. Uh, Cochran doesn't want them to go along, but he's like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> like I don't want to blow my cover here, so he's like reluctantly. He's like, all right, come on. <laughs> Is he gonna blow his cover though? Like, would that have been that I don't weird think, to be I, like, like it's a private tour? Yes, it's a yeah. private tour. Yeah, uh, like I like, think that, that would have been suffice. Yeah. <laughs> so unless whatever. the guy put up a fuss, but anyway. Oh, it made it more interesting. You must have them come along. And say it. <laughs> um, so yeah, they take the tour and um they kind of they get like a look around the factory, see how it's made. They go to like the um Hall of Fame room where like you see all his old trinkets that he's made throughout his career. The factory part was cool, actually. It was. I yeah. actually liked seeing that. That was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. They could see how the masks are made and pouring in the, was it polystyrene or something? And yeah, whatever. yeah, and it, cool. it, it looked like a legit factory. Like yeah, they did a good job dressing up the set there. It looked like a legit, like by hand process, which I'm sure is probably not how they were doing it back then, but yeah, for the sake of the film, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they go through, uh, actually end up getting to the end of the tour, which is like sort of in the back by like the loading docks area, yeah. and they all see all the way like, through. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> they the guy wants to go into the processing room. But he, he's not allowed to. Uh, I think Cochran gives the reason that there's like some harmful chemicals in there or something. That right, it's the um, the final processing. Yeah. You know the, the quality check and this and that. Right. Yeah, not not going to make anybody curious or anything. No, no, not at all. That's not yeah. fishy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so he gives uh, also before that he gives the kid uh, one of the masks. To one wear. sec. Okay. And we're back. Okay. Uh, so uh, we were at the end of the factory tour. The kid got the mask. 
they're at the loading docks. The man gets turned away from the processing area because of sketchy reasons. <laughs> and here we are. Yep, and uh, uh, Ellie sees her dad's car. Right. Oh, and they notice that all the men in suits are just hiding in shadows, yeah. standing there. Yep. Kind of creepy. Um, yep. Very creepy because they're like like storage setups almost like yeah real people wouldn't be standing like half behind a wall and watching (laughs) on the other half of their body um so they got the creepy vibe going there and uh Uh they drag her away she tries to run in there and cochran tries to cover again he's like oh industry secrets you know yeah like <laughs> things are getting real uh oh he's, geez he's run- these fuckers out of here this is not going to plan he's running out of excuses yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so she she goes back after being turned away from the car uh and and they head back to the hotel or what happens next i'm a little hazy on this now hmm. Because I know Ellie goes missing at a, at a certain point soon here. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So the guy, the Cochrane guy, they zoom in on his face for the end of that scene mm-hmm. um, after the tour. And he's sort of got like this anguish, like, ooh, uh, mm-hmm. this guy's looking at cars in the garage. Um, That's a nice anguish face. And then I think at night, um, the guy, I don't know what the guy did, but I don't think he was there. And Ellie was in the room. He comes back. She's gone. Right. Yep. And then the men in suits are lined up like a bunch of sheriffs after catching people out trespassing after a tornado <laughs> went through. Um, yeah. <laughs> lined up in the road. <laughs> They're just missing their canine unit. But, right. Uh, <laughs> that's where we're at. And, uh, you know, it starts to go crazy. Right. Yeah, it does. Shit starts hitting the fan here. Um, so Tom escapes out of his window at this point, right? Or Dan, I should say. I or is that a different? Am I thinking so... of some other scene? No, no, no. You're right. He escapes yeah, out the they, window because the men in suits bust through the front door. Okay. They rip it off, but right. it takes him a second. Yeah, yeah, he does get out. So he gets out, and then he heads back toward the factory. Mm-hmm. And there's cars her. driving around with yep. men in suits. A call back to the beginning of the film where they're yep. chasing Ellie's grandpappy right, around. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's pretty uh chaotic around these parts now as they're on the search. <laughs> these parts. <laughs> these parts. And uh he uh basically it's captured on his own. Um by Cochrane and his and his men. Right, mm-hmm. and then they're taken down to uh, he he's taken down to an underground facility uh, yep. in, in this elevator, and uh, in the elevator, it's revealed to uh, to our main character that these little these 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 men at 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 his side are like androids slash bugs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before they catch him, he actually sneaks into the factory. Very ballsy move. Oh, he wants yeah. to find Ellie. I forgot. My it. God. Yeah, okay. okay. He yeah. clearly had not hooked up with a young woman in a long <laughs> time. Because he, he was just like, he was just, he uh, wouldn't stop. He was not you, Quagmire by any yeah. means. Do you think this is all 100% 
because of Ellie now at this point. Oh yeah. He was enamored with her. It had nothing to do with his curiosity anymore. I think it had something to do with that, but I think he really liked her. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. He was. I think it was sort of like his little trophy, honestly, because he's so much older. Right. Right. She's so much younger. Yeah. It's just the only thing that makes sense. I mean, he didn't really have that much stick in the game. And he went along with all this because he likes her. This right. is really her problem. Yeah. Yeah. She And he's the one that roped him into the tour and going out there and all that stuff. He was in the bar minding his own business earlier. Smoking a <laughs> cigarette and telling him to change his channel on the TV. He wasn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> so anyway, he sneaks in the factory and he finds this old lady like knitting. Uh-huh. And he I forgot about that. And he like shakes her because he's frustrated and trying to get answers from her. Right. Which, way to be subtle guy. Yeah. Also very creepy. I was I was actually really creeped out by I'm like, who's this old lady? I know. What's going on here? That was and, cool. Uh, when her head falls off and she's a machine, it's like, ah, uh-huh. He's a machine, and then they find him, and then then they're revealed. That actually, all this part is cool. I actually really liked this concept and this part. My only uh, learning about the androids. Yeah, and it's sort of cool how he said like this old lady's like a um, oh, yeah. a model from like eighteen seventy yeah. something, and he was really upset about that. <laughs> he was explaining how the mechanics are easy, but it's like getting them to be lifelike and stuff is the tricky part. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really becoming like a really brilliant mad scientist all of a sudden. Yeah, um, and that, that 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 compounds very quickly. Um, but he only gets caught. Um, uh, after making noise with the old lady robot, but then he fights a robot, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I would call Terminator light because after seemingly being like really strong and too powerful, he apparently is able to find a weak point by just by stabbing his hand through the stomach. Yeah. So, hey, at least at least they're vulnerable. Right. There's some weak, there's some weak points to these um, things. Yeah. Really? Uh, not not soup not designed to be super soldiers i feel like though because i feel like the it died pretty easily very yeah they for sure once you know where to hit them it's yeah i mean it's i mean they're still tough they are tough yeah especially like at once if you've got like a bunch of them circling you that's no easy challenge but but yeah i mean you could definitely take them on yeah um So and, then we get introduced to um, the underground layer. Yes, yeah, and it's it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned earlier how uh, he's kind of like James Bond in a sense. Uh, oh, because, Dan Tom yeah, Atkins, yeah, because um, of the sexy part. Because oh, not the yeah, looks, right? <laughs> but also, I mean, in this moment, I definitely got a James Bond vibe because you've got like the super villain revealing his motive. yes and, and uh, his little lair with like the computers yeah and yeah stonehenge thing um, yeah i not dr evil who's the who's the guy that dr evil makes fun of uh, uh blofeld blofeld okay yeah that's yeah. that's the vibe i was getting this yeah. entire time which was yeah. great i i liked where the film was heading here and <laughs> it it was like a a rap of like james bond and like puppet master yeah i even got tingles of uh 
like tidbit feelings of uh, Metal Gear Solid and espionage. Mm. Mm. Speaking of Sam Fisher here, mm, um, <laughs> was that on purpose? Uh, it some was of the not, music, but... <laughs> the way the intro went, and yeah. then um, I think the music really brought that vibe a lot. But then there was a lot of sneaking around in this film. Um, and yeah, John Carpenter was involved in Escape from New York and Escape from LA with Snake Plissken. So like. There was just a little bit of that going on for me. So this part is interesting. Uh, after he kind of reveals some of his motives, he go- gets to the demonstration. Um, he leads the family that was on the tour. I guess they're still apart. Going on, they're on the tour still. <laughs> um, yeah, I like thought it, them in a room. Yeah, I had thought that the tour ended over by the loading docks and everything was wrapping up. But I guess these guys are now in the underground layer. That was just to get and, them out of there. Yeah, like after they left, yeah. they were like, okay, like now well, that they're okay, gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they put them into a room where the the. The dad thinks that they're just no, going to be like reviewing some commercials, commercials but he didn't even know. No, he just the wife that was on creeped out. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like they were kind of just like blank, silent men in suits, keeping them in a room and then putting them in another room. Mm-hmm. Pretty unnerving. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah. of course, no, we're not watching commercials. Uh, we are in fact listening to the jingle and watching the Halloween ad. Mm-hmm. Um, a commercial, but well, yeah, technically we are watching commercials, but, but the, the commercial. commercial, yes, <laughs> and it's a test. Yeah, and um, the demonstration goes off without a hitch. The entire family gets, I don't even know, like mutilated. Tell everyone how this all went down because this is the focal point of the film, right? Right. Uh, how this thing works. So <laughs> the whole so, thing. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be long, but just to break it down real fast. Okay. How does this? How does this, how does this affect its victims? Um. Well, it it possesses them, right? It like it causes bugs to. so here's what i remember i I was expecting mind control and the kid to turn around kill his parents but the kid just gets like sick and Mm -hmm. ill and i got maybe like a glimmer of withering skin underneath his pumpkin mask he was wearing pumpkin mask with the the emblem and the chip inside you know glued to the back um which we also didn't mention that uh the secret to this device is little tidbits oh, of stone from stonehenge because yeah. of sacrifices and <laughs> yes. magic uh doesn't it's, really get more clear believable unfortunately but yeah, there's little we start to get ridiculous bits of stone why there's a microchip in this disc convenient place to hide uh, some yeah, stone speckles yeah, i guess right. or those are stone speckles and he it also looks like a microchip for a computer but that's what i thought yeah it looks <laughs> um, like a microchip um so the kid gets like ill and falls and then crickets and bugs and snakes come out of his mouth mm-hmm. just sort of like endlessly and the mom faints and the dad uh, gets bit by the snake and poisoned right i guess so this this magical stonehenge stone 
when you combine that with epilepsy on the TV screen <laughs> and the literally though the pumpkin yeah. just flashes. Yeah. Unless there's an incantation uh, well, pump- of magic during the, this. Um, uh, well, that's what I wonder if that's like the pumpkin along with the music combined is like a trigger for this emblem. For the Stonehenge To go dust. off, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it manifests bugs dust. and snakes inside their bodies to come yeah. out. Yeah. Like, a, like plagues, which I was like, what's the coolest thing that I could make this out to be? And I thought of like the plagues and like the Bible or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, locusts in Egypt and famine and all that crap. Um, so that's, this is think, something like that. <laughs> Do you think they even considered that when they were writing this or? I like to think so or hope so. Um, <laughs> okay. But there's definitely, at least for us, we know that this stuff is coming out. So it's manifesting. Yeah. Yep. Because the kid definitely wasn't keeping bugs and snakes in himself right, to vomit no, no, when he's it's, deceased. It's manifesting through. He also had to go to the bathroom, so <laughs> uh, I hope those um, <laughs> android men don't also have a sense of smell because they could sneeze. <laughs> yeah, but if they could smell. I mean, everybody probably soiled I, themselves. I think that would be cruel for him to program smell. So yeah, the demonstration ends, um, <laughs> the f- and so. I just got to say the way the family dies is weird. It's not like the commercial wiped everyone out per se, mm-hmm. but the dad got bit by a snake and the mom just fainted. So I guess she dies because nobody lets her out. Um, I guess that's it. I guess they just failed to let her out. And she or she's epileptic and, and went into epileptic <laughs> shock. Maybe, or maybe you just assume that the animals or the, the other insects like got to her. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if the dad got bit by yeah. an angry snake, then yeah. So these are like demonic yeah. snakes and crickets. You would assume that. I would. I would think that they they just devoured them. Like they ate the flesh off of them. Okay, and maybe the budget just didn't. Yeah. They didn't have Savini on board to help right. <laughs> bring that to life. Okay, I can believe that. Um, I think there's a novelization of this, so okay. maybe they we could, could do a lot more with could, that. We could read it and find out if there's more to it. Ooh, yeah, I'll it's... get an audio book. <laughs> yeah, is it How on audible? Pages? <laughs> 200 pages. Yeah. Nice short novel. Read by Tom Atkins. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, so after the demonstration's over, um, there is a montage of how widely spread all this shit is. Like cut to different cities and show all the masks and all the children wearing their masks. Yeah. Um which is good because uh, I thought, like, okay, is he doing just the local town that Dan is from? Right. And then he's going to expand after that. Um, so to see the whole nation, uh-huh. um, you know, it's, it's too bad it didn't go international, you know, like just, yeah. just push our customs on everyone else. Yeah, why not? Um, but <laughs> in the US, but something funny I thought was that, like, there's only like three or four masks being worn across the country. Right. They really um, didn't have many varieties. <laughs> they didn't. Oh. Um, so they kept it simple. Not maybe maybe not every kid had one. Well, probably or, not. Or it was popular that season. Well, and you that saw too. you saw those other cheap ones that he tried to buy for his family earlier. So I mean, this yeah. is probably like some of the more well-to-do mainstream mainstream ones. Yeah. And like there were probably some other generic ones out there, but like this is probably like the Cadillac of Halloween masks. And so did he reveal the whole motive? I think he did, right? He did. Uh, so this, yeah. well, 
there it does cut back to him a little later and he he kind of uh reveals a little more but there is a quick scene before that where it shows the coroner uh teddy that that feet that chick that was helping him um she uh she she, uh yeah yeah she analyzes the ashes and finds out that they've been tampered with um and she gets she gets killed by one of the members i was wondering what she was doing in there earlier in the film i'm like does she have is she like works in a hospital and she has bins of dirt i was like what the hell is she doing she's a (laughs) geologist so it made more sense later but um, yeah yeah like somehow in her infinite wisdom she's realizing that she's looking at not car parts um she she figured out there's no bone fragments right um but that she must somehow have realized that she's not looking at car parts but android parts i don't know what her shock was when she was killed because i don't know how she would know what she's looking at frankly um but, yeah I mean, <laughs> but um Maybe, maybe she thought, you know, there was something mechanical mm-hmm. involved here. I don't know right. that she jumped to the conclusion that uh, robot. Uh, I think that's where they killed. were trying to get us to go down the path that they were trying to get us to, to go down. And like, okay. Maybe. <laughs> and then the suit got her. And then the suit um, got her. Yeah. Drilling her in the head, which seemed like a very, like, slasher movie-ish way to go. I don't yeah. know that Android would, would need to do that. They just use their brute force and like smash their head into the wall. Yeah, it seemed um, like he was just adding that unnecessarily just to have a little fun. Right, right. <laughs> Hollywood movie, uh, <laughs> Halloween movie style. Um, I actually kind of, for some weird reason, I kind of did like the touch of like them showing the parts in the ashes that they were analyzing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a bit of a leap, I feel like for me. Yeah, a little bit. That she's shocked. It's like, at the very least, there's no human remains and they're tampered with. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing some weird stuff in there. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it was interesting. But, yeah. But either way, she gets done away with. She died. She died. Uh, and we cut back then to the factory where um, Cochran reveals a little bit more of his motives. Mm. And this is when he mentions that he's doing a sacrifice on Halloween night because the planets are aligned correctly and he's he's a witch. (laughs) Planets are aligned and he's a witch, which aren't uh, male witches actually called warlocks. Uh, Right. Yeah. So he would technically Uh, be a warlock. Yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, very, very League of Shadows esque from. Batman stuff, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, uh-huh. Ra's al Ghul and Bane and whatever his daughter's uh, Ra's al Ghul's daughter's name was, but uh, you know, like the they they got to correct mm-hmm. the world, so they have to kill a bunch of children because apparently that's what sacrifice and Halloween is all about. Yeah, ancient Celtic Irish tradition. They said they got the stone that they were mining these magical pieces of stone from stonehenge mm-hmm. so and you don't want to know like, how we got it <laughs> oh we got it yeah because <laughs> they don't even have an answer written so of course he had to say that <laughs> it was a very giddy laugh like he had just got a, a brand new model train yes very expensive one the shiny one mm-hmm. indeed mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah, so uh after the he reveals more of his his uh 
what he's doing here. It cuts back to Dr. Atkins or Dr. whatever his name is. Dan. Dan. Dan something. <laughs> and he's uh, he's tied up in a room with a mask over his head. Jesus. They're so forcing him happens. to watch TV. <laughs> uh, and uh, eventually he makes his escape by kicking the TV out and uh, cutting through the ropes that he's tied up with. Um they were going to show him Halloween again. Right. right. Like they haven't had enough references to that film, but right. Hey, it's a good time. Sprinkle one more in there. (laughs) (laughs) One more. Um, And I felt bad for him. The musical score combined with like him just sort of slumping his head after being left in the room. I felt for the guy. Poor Dr. Dad. Yeah. He just wants to get laid. Yeah. Is that so much to ask? (laughs) Yeah, he shouldn't have played Scooby Doo. Got him into trouble. <laughs> That's right. It never goes well when you do that. Mm-mm. Um, so he makes his way through the factory, trying to dodge. Oh, crawling through the air ducts. Yep. Metal Gear Solid. Yes, definitely. Stealth. A snake. This movie's crazy. It is littered with some stealthy elements for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's really cool how he makes his little escape through the factory. It's very intense at some parts. Um, the music adds to it, of course. And he um, gets Calls to his a, ex-wife. Yeah, which again. I actually... Again. Again, but I would like to point to this moment as being one of the better acted moments for Mr. Tom Atkins here. Uh, the way he is like somewhat quietly trying to convey his like frustration to the phone like where he's like still trying to keep quiet but also like frustrated it's just yeah like, it's awesome i think he did a really good i think he job. did a good job yeah frantic panic mm-hmm. um and everyone listening he didn't escape like he's still in the facility right right he's like but, behind some like a wall or something right now yeah like some big like tool like closet thingy in like a garage somewhere and at this in the point, facility. he's only got about like 30 minutes left before they're going to be debuting the... Yeah, there's a thing. clock, another stealth game element. Yeah. There's a clock he has to beat. Uh, nine o'clock's when everyone dies or all the children that wearing the masks die. And it's like right. eight o'clock when he's sneaking around. Right. Um, so he, his wife hangs up on him eventually and he, she's just like, fuck you. Ex-wife. Uh, ex-wife, sorry. Yeah, Come ex-wife. On, yeah. <laughs> um. And he eventually he he finds Ellie and they start escaping together. Well, let's point out that earlier, um, when he's when he sees Doctor Evil's lair, sorry, yeah. Cochran's lair, yeah, um, they show Ellie strapped on a table, uh, like uh-huh. a stainless steel sterile room with nothing in it, right? And then also um, Marge covered up, though, right? Yeah, yeah. and the. They said they had plans for them or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, yeah. I thought that was important to point out. Sure. So he yeah. finds Ellie in this room. Right. Inexplicably. Oh, yeah. The door's I don't know not... how he knows where she is. No, but... and the door's not locked at all. Yeah. Uh, he does, sense. Uh, to be fair, Cochran does point out Ellie, like the direction Ellie is in to, to him earlier. Oh, okay. So he why has would some... he do that? I don't know why. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he he's like uh, James Bond, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> but give he, a chance to escape, which they did. Yeah, um, point out the find plans. This girl, and, the exactly. plans. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your whole motivations. Yeah, they definitely yep. paid a, a huge homage to this to this <laughs> Bond franchise. Way before Austin Powers did it. Yeah. <laughs> Way ahead of its time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so yeah, for whatever reason, he, he he's revealed where it is, and he goes in there. They start escaping together. They turn down a hallway, see the guys, so they double back the other way, and they actually come up with a, a quick plan, um, and that is to grab a box of the chips, go upstairs, and start tossing them down at the production room, which is kind of in a circle. It's a circle of computers, and um, the production is, well... And actually, I'm sorry, prior to them throwing all this shit down, he messes with the um, the computers a little bit and changes yeah. the broadcast. You know, for having all those guys in suits around, so I know they're in full red alert because they're looking for Dan. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all like at their battle stations in their seats and staring at screens. I guess that makes sense. But he's able to sneak right in between the core of all of them mm-hmm. and just start pushing buttons. And I'm like, how do you know what buttons you're supposed to push? I mean, he yeah. did see earlier they pushed a number sequence. I don't know if Dan saw that or not. Mm-hmm. But if he's just trying to fuck things up and and what's with all the lighting on the boards? I was watching those and I'm like, I love how movies just have lights going on the <laughs> yeah. boards and the computers. And yeah. it's like it's working. <laughs> is this yeah, is yeah. this just showing the sectors have power? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah what are we even looking at here it is it is strange how they 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 do that all the time in those types of movies and like like you said how the fuck would he know um i thought the same thing watching that as he pushed random dials and buttons i was just like maybe he's just taking a a stab here he's just fucking it up but yeah that's what i thought yeah um but either way he goes upstairs with ellie they toss the chips down and it fucks up the production area uh, starts blowing things up and making sparks fly out everywhere. And we get your your uh, favorite blue effect. Yep. <laughs> zaps. Yep. Zaps of blue um, misfires. Misfires. Um, yep. That it, are disabling the robot men. Right. And making them throw up um, egg yolks out of their yeah, mouth, which yeah. is their blood. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, and then eventually it hits uh, Cochrane, who is giving them a little applause. <laughs> yeah, blue light um, swirls around the computer area, and then like two beams of blue light shoot from the Stonehenge stone in the computer area. I was always kind of funny how uh, they do the chip dropping, and all the bodies fall in like the computer area. Yeah, and they decided to shoot another shot from the top looking down at a different time because there's fewer guys there and no chips on the ground really. uh, <laughs> i was like oh no they probably should have had someone go up there <laughs> take the shot but, why did uh, they do that well why did he dump the chips anyway can you explain to me give me your best shot at that because the chips hitting the floor was enough of an impact to cause the misfires i thought it was going off like midair <laughs> on the way down well that was once the other misfires started it caused a chain reaction with the other ones that were being thrown into the field of other misfiring sin- <laughs> rays 
Kim. One of them had to hit the ground first to start the chain reaction. And then it all started. It like they just started hitting each each other. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. Um, <laughs> and I like to try to rationalize things, but I don't know how. How would Dan have known? Why would he think to do this? Um, he never. There never seems to be a moment in the film where he puts two and two together that the chips zap or attack you. Um. Well, could he have done that when they say that there's magical rocks from Stonehenge? But I don't know that Cochran ever actually points out the little chips inside the emblem. I think maybe Dan did see that at well, some he, point, but he heard Marge get fucking destroyed by one of them. So he knows what they're capable of. But he doesn't know, like, what did that? He doesn't even know about the chip or the emblem or anything and doesn't know that she was looking at it. Was he just he heard not, misfire. He wasn't there when she explained that it fell off. Oh, no, that was just Ellie. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, how he would know that. <laughs> I want to see right. what it, how it explains this. He dumps the chips from the overhead rafters and activates their signal with the commercial. So the commercial is playing, which activates them. Okay, okay. So he knows there's magic in them. Yeah. And that stuff is supposed to and that's on every mask and that's supposed to do stuff with the commercial activated. The commercial oh, okay. activates the chips. Okay. So there's probably people listening who have seen this movie that are screaming at us. Yeah, stop it! They're like you know, the guy at the end. <laughs> no, like earlier stop. when Cochran's showing him the stuff, he he demos the commercial. Yes. Right? For the demonstration so test. They, he knows and he sees the, the number works. sequence pushed on the keyboard of the computer yes, to yes. activate the commercial. Yes. And then he knows that the magic comes from the thing. And uh, okay. So, so he figured it he out. He knows. Okay. okay. So, so we were, what were we talking about? Um, We were just breaking down this whole dumping the chips on the command oh, center yeah. during the commercial to deactivate everybody. Right. So, yeah. So Never Cop- mind all the other robots that are somewhere else. No, no. Forget them. Um, <laughs> they, they're just off doing their own thing. <laughs> yep. And Ellie and uh, Dr. Dan escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the ride home, however, Ellie tries to attack him because it's revealed that somehow she became one. <laughs> one of the suits. One yeah. of the androids, which I think is pretty clear with her cold, faceless demeanor. Right, right. I'm yeah. not sure when that happened, but at some point they, they did that to her. Uh, yep. Yeah. Do we want to get into this right now? I don't think we should get into it right now. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, uh, unless... Tell, what, why don't you tell us the rest of what happens, and then we'll we'll break it down a little bit more, and then okay. wrap well, it up. Well, basically, they, 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 he fights her off um, after she tries to attack him in the car. They hit a tree. They take the fight outside. He destroys her. Her arm's ripped off. Her arm's ripped off. The arm attacks her, attacks him. <laughs> her body's um, making robot noises. Um, yeah. As if we didn't know she was a fucking robot. With right, right. The it broken, really, like, squiggly arm and the they just hammered head yolks home. coming out. Right. Uh so eventually he he does he gets gets away from her and 
he gets back to a gas station, the very same gas station from earlier in the film. The same guy. Same guy. He's Who still lived. working there. Uh, his, the TV is currently playing the, uh, the station. And he somehow gets a hold of the broadcaster uh, or the, the station. We'll gloss over the whole fact how this is incredibly improbable, but <laughs> he convinces two of three stations yep, yep. local where he is in Northern California um, <laughs> to not air the ad that's going to kill the children right. and possibly their families. Um, <clears throat> but then the third station, and that's where the suspense builds. The third one, we don't know if they got it. He's yelling, he's going, stop it, turn it yep. off. And we cut to the credits. And the film ends. And I feel like they, they should have added one more yell uh, guy from the poltergeist. And he's like, <laughs> you move the headstones, but not the bodies. <laughs> and he goes, why? <laughs> they should have added that one just spliced it in right before the end of the film. I, <laughs> I definitely got that vibe. <laughs> why? <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Taviak has does his best dramatic readings here and mm-hmm. really tries to convey how concerned he is that they are not turning the third one off. And you're feeling it with him. I was, I was in it. I was like, yeah, turn it, turn it off, turn it off. And we don't know. We don't know what happens. Um, yeah. That's a bit of a stretch, but a little bit of a stretch for sure. I mean, first how he would even know how to, who to all call. the different syndicated channels, who to call the things don't work that fast. Right. It, it's, it's a little much. He sounds but... like a nut job crackhead. I mean, why would anyone listen to him? Right. But you know what, for what it's worth, it was a cool ending. Sure. If you take, if you take, in my opinion, I mean, you take all that shit away. I just love the ending it on like a dramatic scream. I mean, I can't. Oh think of yeah! Anything. Oh yeah! I like that too. I can't think of anything better, really. Dramatic scream is definitely the best way to go out on that on that film <laughs> yeah. for sure. Despite um, its, uh, despite the issues, but so what so did I, you want to break down? Yeah. I, I, oh, I mean, a little little bits that are important. I think okay. uh, it all has to do with her being an android. Um, when I was younger, I don't know if it was back in middle school or high school. I just read about Season of the Witch a little mm-hmm. bit, and it was always always focused on how people would just say no one knew what the hell was going on the whole film. And then it was focused on this, this end part with her being an animal electronic thing. And actually don't even mention her. They just say there's this cheesy, cheap ass animal electronic like thing at the end. And everybody's like, what the hell is that? And that was basically the consensus, the entire film in a few sentences. Mm. So I was super excited when she attacked him. I'm like, ah, and they hit the tree and I'm like, ah, the tree, like this is the part. Yeah. Um, so, so she was an Android the entire time. Was she, or did they make her? into one i thought for sure they did something to her while she was in that room what happened to her well i don't know (laughs) they just killed her and threw her in a dumpster and they made one of her really fucking fast are we supposed to guess or are we just supposed to assume that something happened i think it's up to the audience's interpretation i'm sure that the director would say but i find it completely improbable even for a movie with stonehenge magical stone pieces that they turned her into an android 
in that short amount of time because i think that was within one day wasn't it that she was strapped on the table yeah yeah it was only a day but i mean how are you gonna replicate her when everyone else is sort of like a sort of generic man like skin um that is not easy to do the guy said Mm -hmm. or easy to perfect anyway so i'm thinking she was the entire film and, and so that he she was... fucked an android <laughs> oh, that had flashlight no. technology inside her. But why would an android be so excited to have sex? Like, that we're going to go a second time? Remember like... earlier. Oh, exactly. We're going to go a second time without having yeah. a cigarette? That was very android-like <laughs> of her. And the android and the you know he does the reveal in the elevator and um, <clears throat> one of the other guys sneezes. Yeah. Guy says, very lifelike, aren't they? So he's so, implying that they can also feel lifelike <clears throat> down there. <laughs> well, and that, you know, she has a sex drive. She conveys emotion. Yeah. They can talk. Like one of the guys, one of his suits was talking at the control room. And I'm like, ooh, that's advanced. I was like, I don't know if they want to go that far. I don't have it talk. Maybe that one unit. Uh-huh. Talk. I don't know if I'd like the idea of her having already been an android. Because that's like, wait, why? Why her? Well, what's worse, her being an android the entire time, or they just took that character and threw her in a dumpster, and then now here's this android thing with no answers to what happened to her. To me, it's weird, but at least that that makes more sense to me. I mean, why, like... It's, like she's a main character. It's like that's what you're gonna do to her. It's like in Star Wars, and they're flying around the ship. Why, and it's like, okay, they? all the main characters are in the ship; they're not gonna die. Um, and then you have Dan well, and this girl who are main characters of the whole film. And that was like their contingency plan. Like they knew that he was gonna go rescue <clears throat> her, so they're no. They had that was their backup plan. Like turn her into an android, so at least if he escapes, she'll be able to kill him. Here's my theory. They sent her in for reconnaissance to make sure that they weren't going to get onto their plan Mm -hmm. because they, they screwed up, let the old guy get to a hospital. And so they made a big scene when they tried to get rid of the evidence by blowing up their car, which they probably could have just driven away, but um, maybe they wanted to avoid a police chase. I don't know. But I think they sent her in for reconnaissance to see if, uh, you know, if anybody was really getting onto this thing. Uh-huh. And then so she sensed the anguish in him, the curiosity in him. So she stuck to him like glue. So maybe we maybe we were made to think that they had this connection. They were both messed up by the thing. They liked each other. But really, she was an android the entire time. So Cochran went to L.A. and turned this girl into an android because he knew that she was going to come up and find her dead father. No, he made her. She was never an existing person. She was an android the entire time. He built her and sent her in there. Nobody confirmed her identity ever. That's fair. I mean, you didn't even show him an idea or her papers when he asked her how old she was. I gotcha. So she was a device to, to bring in, <clears throat> to bring him in to the factory, basically. Yeah. I mean, I think Cochran was willing to do anything to um, protect. I mean, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I never would have thought of it being that way. I just assumed that they did something to her while she was in the room. But uh, when you say to, to her, to each their own. I, I don't know. When you dude. say to like, her, it's a fucking. Was she- there's it sucks there's so many plot holes in it (laughs) well no like like when you say something to her do you mean like she is a half and half hybrid or 
or is she all machine and they got rid of the real girl? I would just assume maybe they just got rid of the real girl. Okay. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Cause I was like, it, it seemed pretty clear. She was like an Android thing and not like bionic enhancements in a human. Oh thing. no, I don't think it was like the human okay. form at all. You're no. saying that they just built her. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I give this rating, this final rating of this movie. <laughs> Jeremy's had enough. He's like, just let it go. We she was animal electronic. <laughs> There's 30 minutes left on this goddamn recording. <laughs> she was an android, damn it. I mean, no matter how you slice it, it sucks that they did that. Now you have to sit here and explain why. And to me, to have her be the android the whole time just makes little to no goddamn sense. But it makes the same amount of sense to have them had like just throw her away and make one so either way it's stupid so pick your poison it's not even worth talking about pick your poison (laughs) it's just a waste i actually like the twist for a halloween movie i'm gonna be honest yeah a lot of people hate it but i actually like the twist because she was like a like a lovable beloved character to me yeah it's too bad that happened (laughs) jeremy's crushed (laughs) she was nice she Uh, was good looking too and sweet but yeah, so <laughs> that's Halloween 3. <laughs> uh, despite some of its flaws and uh, some of its moments that I we had to explain away or attempt to explain away, I'm still going to give it. Well, actually, should we give our fuck yeah moments first? If you want. Okay, let's do that first. Um, so my hell yeah slash fuck yeah moment uh, would probably be the demonstration room. Mm. I mean, it was the climax. So I uh, kind of got to see like how this shit really, really worked. And uh, it was interesting. I mean, you know, some of it was a little cheesy, but overall was some cool stuff to watch. So yeah. How about, how about you? Yeah. I think there was a core concept there. That was interesting. Yeah. I liked it. Um, what was your favorite moment? Uh, there's probably something I'm missing. I'm sure, you know, as always, but uh, the thing that sticks out to me right now, it's, it's like Hellraiser when the guy got his face punctured and whatever. Yeah. I like the makeup. Yeah. I actually like the chick's makeup when she got misfired. Oh March yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Okay. So I did, I did like that makeup. So okay. that's kind of my hell yeah moment, I think. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, well, so the final rating here, uh, I was a little torn because I, I originally rated it kind of low, but it's it's a fun movie. It is fun and it's different. So I'm gonna give it four silver shamrocks out of five. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the only thing that I wish it had a little more of was I, I could have used like a more more assault of Halloween aesthetics. Like mm-hmm. the one thing that some of those other other uh, Halloween normal movies had going for them were like the small towns were just littered with halloween decor yeah it really got you in the mood and this one really not so much other than maybe the general store and the, the montage of the trick-or-treating but i they should have packed it more. into halloween day yeah or the day before yeah yeah definitely yeah. um and some of the effects were a little cheesy the acting got a little hammy and uh some things we had to explain away but otherwise it was fun i i will definitely be watching this film again uh in other uh, future Octobers. So it's on my list. And uh, I think it's going to go down as a cult classic for me as well. Awesome. 
So how about you? Very cool. Um, I'll, I'll go from two sides of it. I'll do the not fun part. Not fun part is for general audience, for the average person. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say one silver shamrock out of five. Ooh. Like this is a movie that you're going to want to avoid. But now switching it to the fun part is if you're uh, somebody who likes to watch scary movies in Halloween, uh, you also like to watch um, old horror films with your buddies mm-hmm. or uh, to have a good time. This is definitely a good time film. I would give it three silver shamrocks out of five. I would okay. definitely watch this again. Like I say, especially, you know, with friends or something, to, you know, pal around and yeah. enjoy Halloween. Awesome. Right yeah. on. Well, great folks, film to make fun of. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't but, take it too seriously. But that score though. Oh, my Ooh, God. the music. Yeah. Beautiful. If you have a chance, dude, if you don't, uh, if you're not so much into the film or horror movies themselves, Get, do yourself a favor and check out that that score. I'm gonna listen to that at work tomorrow. It's pretty. Damn See if there's good. anything I want to pick out. Yeah. And set aside. Right on. Uh, so that just about does it, folks, for another episode of uh, the Freaky <laughs> Phone Club. Uh, Only tested Jeremy's patience a little bit. <laughs> Not quite the 20 minute mark that we were aiming for, but you know what? We had a lot of fun. <laughs> Extra content. It's always nice to get one of these hammered out. So it's it's been a good time. Uh, really enjoyed taking a look at this film with you, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. I have been Jeremy Jordan, aka Sam Fisher. And I've been Ryan, Sam Fisher's best friend. Thanks for checking us out, guys. <laughs> See you next week. See ya.